What's good, everybody? This episode of the podcast is sponsored by DistroKid. They are the go-to for digital music distribution and the easiest way for musicians to get your music onto Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, TikTok, YouTube, and more. They offer unlimited uploads, and artists keep 100% of their earnings in stores 10 to 20 times faster than any other distributor. Fastest payouts. They help out with automatic splits, cover song clearance, and all kinds of other amazing tools and templates to help you get the most visibility for your releases. I dig this company and really appreciate their business model that offers more features than any other distributor at the most affordable price possible for solo musicians, bands, studio artists, DJs, and any other creators that are producing music in their home. And they also offer label services as well. They're distributing over a third of the world's digital music at this point. And the best part about DistroKid sponsoring the podcast is that they are offering Dan Cable Presents listeners 30% off your first year of membership, making their already affordable services even cheaper. Check out the link in the episode notes. I will also put it in my Instagram bio in the link tree. Click that link and it will give you 30% off your first year of service. Super stoked to have DistroKid sponsoring the podcast and can't thank them enough for their support of this thing. This episode of the podcast is also sponsored by Produce Row Cafe here in Portland, Oregon. This has become one of my favorite local hangs because they have free music every Wednesday night from 6 to 8 p.m. and Sunday afternoons 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. They are located in inner southeast Portland and not only do they offer free music on their their large patio setup, but they've also got a killer brunch menu from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. on Saturdays and Sundays. The French toast and the breakfast sandwich are lights out. And I can't really do much alcohol personally, but I love their Virgin Bloody Marys. And they've got some other mocktails for folks like me as well, as well as the, the real deal cocktails, mimosa flights and all the goods. So come on out for brunch or come out in the evening for the new warm weather cocktail menu featuring lots of fresh fruits and vegetables, tons of outdoor patio space and good eats. Big thanks to Produce Row Cafe for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Let's do it. What is happening, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dan Cable Presents Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the program once again. If this is your first time listening, thanks for checking out the show. You can find fresh episodes coming at you every Friday. And if you want to help support this thing in a free way, you can do so by clicking subscribe on iTunes, clicking write a review, giving the podcast five stars if you feel like it is deserving of so. And that will help propel this thing into the tops of those iTunes charts, which will give it more visibility on the national and international levels, helping strangers find the podcast and just a great way to contribute to the growth and sustainability of this thing. Appreciate the hell out of all the folks that have already taken the time to do so. If you're not listening on Apple, just hit like, 
follow, subscribe, wherever you are listening from. The podcast is available on Spotify now, and I've also been dropping monthly playlists there as well every first of the month. So the October playlist is now available, the link for my Spotify profile so you can get up on all those playlists will be in the episode notes along with the links for the Dan Cable Presents mugs and t-shirts will be up there as well. Hope everybody is doing well out there. I just got back from a few days on the Oregon coast. It was great to unplug for a little bit, put my phone on do not disturb, turn the Instagram off and just hung out and had a great time in the sleepy little beach towns of the Oregon coast in early October here. Got a very cool mix of some gray, gloomy rain and also some really nice days of sunshine and some cool sunsets. Witnessed uh, the aftermath of a shipwreck, which was pretty wild, of maybe about a 30 to 5 to 40 foot sailboat that... uh, had a rough night, and uh, that was kind of a, a trip to see and, and know that it just kind of happened just about a mile from where we were staying and heard some helicopters the night before hovering very close to the water. You could see the, the searchlights going on there. So that ocean, just so unpredictable and uh, very unforgiving at times, but uh, overall... Just a killer time out on the Oregon coast. A cool time of year to be out there in a much needed unwind and unplug from some things and an opportunity to relax the mind and binge watch Midnight Mass, which I thought was pretty cool. Wasn't sure about it halfway through or so, but uh, I came around to enjoy a majority of it. I won't dive into it too much i don't want to reveal any spoilers but i thought that was that was cool and now i'm getting myself ready for a killer music weekend in denver with my buddy ryan going to see noah gunderson one night he's doing a couple stripped down performances out there playing a lot of his early music on the night that i'm going hoping he's going to play some tunes off his new record that drops today as well super excited about that noah has become just maybe the the most important singer songwriter has impacted my life just uh in such a a heavy way the last few years specifically and maybe maybe just from getting to have him on the podcast around the time that white noise came out Ever since then, I have uh, relied upon his catalog of music pretty heavy at times. So, super pumped for that. And then the following night, getting to see a stripped-down performance from another one of my all-time favorite singer-songwriters, and that's Andrew McMahon of Something Corporate and Jack's Mannequin. So, big music weekend going on in Denver, and my guest of episode 276, Future Crib, will also be in the Denver area this weekend, rounding out the tail end of their tour there in Colorado. This was one of the three band chats that I got to have out at Tree Fort. 
the music festival there in Boise last month and had the opportunity to talk with these kind folks from Nashville, Tennessee. They're a five-piece band. They've got several records out, and they've been making music together for the last five years or so since most of them were in high school and middle school together, and their most recent record, Full-Time Smile, dropped last month. I was able to catch their set right before getting to talk to them, which was really amazing, and you can clearly see that the musicianship through the band is strong and tasteful just all really killer players and they were a lot of fun to chat with and it was rad to hear about their creative process and how the band has evolved and and changed over time and just how many great songwriters are in this band just was really impressed with all the sets i saw at tree fort this one definitely stuck out to me and uh, had a very inspiring energy to it and i was just so stoked that i had the opportunity to get to hang with them after so i will put the links in the episode notes for future cribs so you can keep up with them and check out all the music that they have streaming get some physical copies of it as well i picked up a t-shirt while i was out there they had so many rad designs to choose from it was a a difficult decision to make but stoked on the one that i did make so we are going to get into that chat momentarily i want to tell you about some produce row cafe music dates here in portland oregon real quick before we do so every wednesday night from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. free music going on at Produce Row as well as Sundays 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. coming up on October 13th. Sam Densmore will be there. October 17th, Lane Norberg and Haley Lynn will be there. October 20th, the LKs are back. They have been fan favorites over there at Produce Row over the last few months and uh october 24th former guest of the podcast david pollock will be there playing his own jams as well as a bunch of covers always really enjoy david's take on on covers and the songs that he chooses to cover so produce row that link will be in the episode notes as well and that is all the ramblings If you're new to the show and you dig what you hear, please do go back. Check out some previous episodes. Joe Capolo was on the podcast last week. That was another one of the conversations that I recorded out at Tree Fort. And I also dropped a new volume of I Dig Records, which is a series that comes out in this feed every other Wednesday doing the deep dive on an album. And volume 26 is now available, which was a chat I did with my buddy Andrew Harrison. And we geeked out and gushed over Pine Grove's 2016 Cardinal. So that is available as well. And more fresh episodes coming at you every Friday Thanks for tuning in. Future Crib is on the show. We're going to kick off episode 276 with a track off of their full-time Smile album. This was one of my favorite ones I got to see live and I think embodies the, the communal spirit of this band. It's called Together Together. Let's do the damn thing. I'm typing on my phone too in the morning. Drifting off in no time When Cranky Cross TV wakes up to one 
my famous picture set this afternoon and it was great to get to actually see what the music is like live i've been listening a lot to the records and and getting familiar with that but there's definitely uh it seems like there's a a special energy in getting to see the live show just because there seems to be this almost family band element to it with everybody singing there's something really communal about that with everybody participating on the vocals and different people taking leads and whatnot is is super fun and engaging to watch and cool to just kind of hear what the the songs on the record sound like uh in the live form just because they they feel like they're alive in a a different way maybe so rad to get to chat with you all thank Thank you you. yeah for sure especially you know it's fun it's always a killer to get to see the drummer play and and sing at the same time and not just like participate in the backup vocals but but sing and lead back there as well is is uh it's always fun to watch thanks that's something i started doing more recent than not and uh it's been really fun to all we we used to switch around a lot and everyone kind of like i play guitar sometimes and everyone else play everything and then uh for this tour we were like let's like try to solidify what we do and make our stations and um it's been really fun we feel very connected our space stations yes. i'm not a part of it seems like you all have a, a lot of gear to haul around with you with all the the synths up there for the next tour i really gotta get my space station together yeah, you're the only kinda, one i know i'm lacking <laughs> next time you're on ground control yeah i'm ground control <laughs> No, did the singing or the the drumming come for you first? Uh, drumming first. But I've I've done. Well, actually, maybe singing. I don't know. I kind of done have done both of them for a long time. Um, but putting to get, putting them together is pretty new. So. Yeah, has it been yeah. A, a challenge to do it, or has it felt pretty natural uh, to be able to? It's do definitely both? felt more natural than playing other instruments and singing, because I guess I've play drums the most and feel the most comfortable with that so yeah, yeah. It, it came pretty i mean i still mess up some so you know maybe i'm speaking too soon but <laughs> no you, you, yeah. you all killed it today it was it was a really great yeah thank you early afternoon set a great way to kick off my day the first music i've seen of the day cool. and uh yeah just enjoyed it a lot and i definitely want to talk about full-time smile which is the the new record that's out but 
would love to kind of start at the beginning of this thing. I know you all are about four records deep now, and uh, you come from Nashville, Tennessee, but uh, how did Future Crib start? Uh, I think uh, the first record came out when we were still in high school, and uh, Bryce and I were in a band called Naf Noise together. We played uh, faster, like, verging on pop punk music, and uh, everybody got busier and picked up with school stuff and marching band stuff and uh i just kind of needed some way to get these new ideas i had out so i ended up just making that record by myself and then yeah that was stevie b and then uh like julia sang on it and we had a friend play a little guitar on it and um then after that the band was just kind of like a rotating cast of members of people that we knew in Nashville because we grew up there um, and it eventually settled into the four of us and then about a year later George joined and it's this this five has really felt like a family unit like you were saying family band uh, it's been really cool um, friends was the first record that we made as a band with the four of us and then silver days was kind of like a strange collage like everybody kind of put sprinkles in there and COVID circumstances yeah yeah and then uh full-time smile was all five of us uh live performances straight to tape and stuff like that so yeah it seems like the the sound has definitely changed from record to record which has been fun kind of diving deep into the what's available now and, and checking out each record and seeing how things have really you know, there seems to be at a at a certain point there's a shift, and maybe it starts with the Silver Days record into maybe some of the more synthy and and dreamy world stuff being introduced in into yeah, things. I definitely think so. We've always been interested in those kind of sounds, and a lot of the music that we love explores those sorts of things. But I think that we like the kinds of shows we were playing and the spaces that we were in called for more like guitar rock and. I think it was like Friends is probably our most guitar rock record, and then yeah. after that we kind of started branching ourselves out. I guess it felt like maybe Iceberg was this kind of shift in in the production levels of things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, we def- that 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 yeah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I had to say. Yeah, it felt like there was more to be. You had more to say though. <laughs> All the the other albums that we made together, we've kind of all spent time together, and that one was during COVID, so we sort of had demos that we kind of polished up and put on there, and then recorded a few songs together at a house that we lived in for uh, a while together. So, the, and the whole album's only 12 minutes long, and it's like eight songs, so it's 
it was meant to be an EP, but people think of it as an, as an album, and I think whatever you think about it is great. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, like, I guess the original idea was uh, Silver Days was going to be a companion EP to the new record, Full Time Smile, but we had to push that back so far that um, we were like, well, let's dive into making it its own thing, and we tried to re-record a bunch of old demos and unfinished songs we had, and like, we were, like J- Johnny and, and Noah and I were living in a house together, and had nothing to do so we just started reshaping this stuff and we realized that like the demos had their own magic and the re-recordings had their own magic if we got it there and so we just like pulled it all together into a thing and i think it it hit people in a good way which is cool because we i don't know it was just fun for us to do it really seemed to come together pretty naturally in a way that we didn't expect like bryce was saying we wanted to kind of buy some time to work on the next records we're like let's put out all these songs that are lying around that we know we're not going to have on that album and we can just have these singles or whatever, but um, it def- yeah, it had its own character. We were pretty proud of it at the end. It was just like it's like we stumbled upon this thing, you know. Weren't a few of those songs newer than the ones that are on the newest record? Yeah, yeah, the songs on Full Time Smile have been around for a long time. I, I thought that was an interesting. Yeah. Well, because we like waited to really get into Full Time Smile because like George was back in Chicago I was off doing some like inpatient treatment and like we really wanted to wait to like be able to do full-time smile all together so those three knocked out the beautiful beautiful silver days <laughs> which is fun because I feel like I can listen to silver days as like kind of outside of it oh just as like disconnected a, to it a, well a like I feel like I can listen way. to it as a fan that's awesome and I just I love listening to silver days do you feel like you get to when you're playing maybe songs off that record, do you do you feel like you get to approach it that way too? That you're just like playing these jams that you really love? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it just it feels good. I'm like, oh my god, I love this song. <laughs> I get to play it. <laughs> I feel I feel exciting. Like, I feel the exact same about Friends. Like it, Friends came out like before I was in the band, and like the f- yeah yeah like it the, it came out before I was in the band, and it was just. Like I still listen to that record sometimes because I had nothing to do with it, so it doesn't feel vain at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like Astronaut is a, is a great track. Then you and me could go buy some astronaut suits with the gloves and the masks and the moonwalking boots. And I'll take you up to space where there's the space that you need. I'm hearing on Instagram. Someone at a show in, in uh, Lawrence, Kansas really wanted us to play it, but we hadn't played it in so long and it was a late night, so we were just trying to get finished and we were like, we'll, we'll send you a video though. We'll, we'll play it in the van, man. They, you know, try to make it up to him. Yeah, we, we did it in the van like while we were driving and I was driving and in the process of recording it, I like missed our exit that we were supposed <laughs> to take. So like, you might notice in the video, it's m- me taking some like weird turns to like get back on the highway <laughs> and then go back to where we were going. 
is that something that's just like happening in the van though while, while you all are touring around you're just kind of continuing to create even on the road maybe coming up with new ideas and sharing guitar riffs with with people in the in the van and yeah occasionally yeah a little bit yeah we uh after playing that we were like man we should do this more so hopefully it will become kind of a routine thing sometimes Bryce and Noah do a little freestyling in the van we jam whoa yeah (laughs) yeah it's a special thing we just sample stupid ideas and sentences and play them in weird ways. <laughs> gotta keep yourself Bitch occupied bend. on the road. Yeah. Bitch bend and stretch our voices. What is that thing you have? The organelle? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sponsor Bryce. <laughs> so when the, the three of you were living together, were you just cranking out tons of ideas and, and tunes together then? Um, yes and no. I feel like we tend to uh, or at least speaking for myself and I think speaking for y'all too, I think we tend to create um, new ideas for songs alone really well because that's kind of it's been our hobby for a long time and and at least for me it's somewhere a, a space where I can just totally dive into whatever I'm doing and not that we can't do that when we're together but I, you were talking about listening as a fan like I, I still that, I feel that way about like songs that Noah brings to the table and songs that George brings to the table and every time we play those songs live I'm like man I'm getting to play my favorite songs you know uh, but we do, we have done a fair bit of, uh, especially in that time, like making stuff together. The song Summer Spice, uh, they recorded together one day when the rest of us were gone. And I think that demo was the one that ended up on the record. Uh, yeah, little spurts here and there, but lots of collaboration after the fact. Yeah, it f- feels really comfortable to rec- to create alone um, and then like finalize stuff as a band but at the same time i do really want to get better at opening up enough with in front of other people yeah you know to to be able to bend those kind of uh i don't know what the word is kind of the the core of the song be able to like construct it with with someone else is a very uh for me at least it's like a very personal thing so i want to get better at that you know opening up and being able to do that with different people i think is really cool hard for you to open up with it until it's kind of like more fully fleshed out yeah, in your, your yeah. head and be like okay i'm i'm confident in this yes, and now such i'm a willing vulnerable to share thing. exactly yeah, for sure there's a lot of doubt in my mind when making songs which i wish wasn't the case but you know <laughs> what, that being what said, you gonna though, do like we like to put out the demos for all the uh songs after like maybe months after we put the record out and uh, you can kind of see from demo to the recorded version that we have on the album like so much of the band's personality comes into play and it would be a totally different like each of us is capable of making records on our own but it wouldn't be the same it wouldn't have that sort of special feeling that it gives us you know dude message delivered in the live show (laughs) like i i really feel like this whole conversation would have been different if i didn't see your set today (laughs) just like that whole set inspired like the the vibe of it for sure i'm glad because you you. you can really tell that and i think there was there was a lot of clear explanations to me and maybe some of the questions i had before seeing the live show and and one of them being it just feels like 
maybe there's a lot of dynamic on the records because it feels like there's a lot of different songwriters in the band and a lot of people are bringing those initial ideas is that true then and do you feel like that relieves the the pressure in some way of on any one member to bring a majority of the the songs it feels like uh you know we try to make a space where everyone can bring anything to the table and uh then once we play those songs in a set with all the other ones and do that enough times it always feels like by the end of the tour by the end of whatever you know the shows are that we're doing we're like yeah like now we can see how that song fits with these or these or maybe it doesn't fit you know so that's why we like to play uh like this tour and tours in the past are kind of like half the sets of the record that we're touring on and half the set is songs that we're thinking about for the next album so when we get home we can kind of take a step back and say like oh these all seem to go together really well and and start working on the next thing you know yeah we left home and none of us had any idea really what uh the next project would be like but playing some of these songs in the set we're starting to see it yeah. come to form a little bit which is exciting the so. album is the next the new new is taking shape right <laughs> a new new yeah you're already playing some new jams yeah. out here right that haven't been released yet mm-hmm. did you have to sit on full-time smile for a long time yeah. very long due time. to the <laughs> yeah. the pandy situation and just trying to figure out like when to release this thing and handy yeah yeah <laughs> that, that pandy kind of delayed the album yeah <laughs> 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 Yeah, was it like set to go before everything um, kicked in, or? Uh, yeah, we had just been talking about it for a long time, and we had had the list of songs that we wanted on it for a long time. And Noah and I were touring with another friend of ours, and uh, we were all emailing back and forth and texting and like trying to get plans together, figure out, you know, which songs go where and when we're gonna do it and how we're gonna do it. And then um, we were all in school, and then the pandemic happened, and we were just like. Uh, yeah, I think the you original know. plan was to record in like January or February of 2019. Of, yeah, <laughs> last year, and then it didn't happen until December. So it was like a year almost. The song "Full Time Smile" was written like three years ago, right? Pretty much most of them, right? Yeah. I remember you sending me the demo to that song when I was walking out of class, and I like went into the bathroom, put my headphones in, just so I could listen to it really quick, and I was like. But this is so good. <laughs> <laughs> What's the point when everybody thinks they're right? When
is that is that just like a matter of as far as maybe songs that are a few years old that make it onto this record is that maybe whomever wrote them just maybe not feeling like they were they were ready or maybe not hearing the potential in them and someone else in the band hearing a demo I, I think for these for this batch of songs with full-time smile it was just a mix of covid and the year prior to that me and johnny were on tour a lot with a different band and stuff and just like got delayed and delayed and delayed so the songs felt old before recording and then after recording they kind of were given new life it felt like yeah i think long story short the songs were there but we weren't able to be all together to do it for a long time yeah finally found the time you know eventually so because we just wanted to have an experience where we were all together and had no distractions and could just knock out the record you know like that so it, it took a while like through the pandemic and through other circumstances to like carve out that block but it was worth it to wait i think yeah do you find even though there's there's different writers in the band and the songs were developed at different times that there's still a common thread or some overlapping themes throughout the record that you don't really realize until after maybe it's even put together yeah totally i I think for full-time smile we were all going through pretty significant periods of transition in our lives and you know we were all in our early 20s we're still in our early 20s i mean at that point we were we were savor every moment yeah not even 20 yet (laughs) but um yeah i think that those songs all thematically went together really well and you kind of it was one of the things we were talking about in that period of time we were trying to plan like like a theme map like you know drawing a thread from song to song and and i kind of feel like i'm noticing that on some of these new ones too and that the songs on full-time smile are seem more personal and vulnerable and the new songs that we're playing seem a little more like uh observing like mm. what's happening around us so it's it's a fun perspective shift you know yeah i love uh i feel like the the tone and the vibe of the record is set with that that opening track that miserable track (laughs) and uh just like how it leans into some of the more experimental stuff which i i guess is probably having all those synths to to play with and whatnot yeah that was another uh, thing that the pandemic did for us we spent a lot of money on equipment (laughs) (laughs) we love our toys (laughs) i mean each of those is just kind of opens up new songwriting and new, totally new ways is. to keep things interesting inspirations um also just like that you know the experimental nature is there but there's also some thrashiness to that jam that that gets going and i didn't realize how heavy things would get until i saw the live show as well like there's some there's some very cool heavy moments where everybody seems like they're just all in on their instrument and Everybody's singing together. It's just very, very cool to witness.
everybody. Just wanted to take a quick minute to let you know that this episode of the podcast is sponsored by North 45 Pub, located in the Alphabet District of Northwest Portland. They've got a killer selection of Belgian beers and an extensive liquor wall with over 200 bottles. Muscles and Fritz are on the menu. Their cheeseburger is lights out, and they've always got some killer weekly specials as well. Aside from the menu items and beverages, they've got this awesome covered patio that is heated throughout the fall and winter with a bunch of big screens to watch all your favorite sports. And the best part is they have DJs playing tunes there every Tuesday night from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. and Sundays 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. So come through North 45 Pub for some tunes and some food. Let's get back to the episode. I think that's a lot of our roots or like... Yeah. At least some of us, like, growing up in Nashville and, like, going to all these punk shows and DIY shows, like, the the heavy's kind of in our blood. <laughs> but we like to record nice and soft and sweet and gentle and friendly. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Like, it's fun to pull it out at shows. Yeah. Like, in sixth grade, I was listening to Minor Threat. And <laughs> yes. <laughs> but that, my favorite band is Wilco, so, you know, <laughs> it's kind of, like, ebbs and flows. It's nice when the when those things feel like different spaces though too and you get something different out of the live show. Like I know that when I listen to the recorded stuff now I'm going to listen to it with maybe different ears or seeing different stuff in it just cuz I have seen the live show now as well. So I think that's something that we notice a lot when we see bands that we like. Mm-hmm. I think that we tend to be more inspired and like really uh invest ourselves into a band when we see them live. So I think that maybe some of that translates subconsciously for us for like let's show these people what what we you know what what we would want to see so and i think together together is like a very cool example where some of those those family band vocals and in <laughs> uh the communal aspects of those like come through in the recording with all the the big gang vocals going on which is thank you really rad do you guys find that there's like really no reason to have a producer in the room making records because there are already so many existing songwriters and so many outside perspectives since you're all sharing different songs with one another? Yeah, I think so far we've had a really good time just creating with each other because we all own our own recording equipment and um, me, Bryce, and George went to school for audio and, and Noah's got a recording set up and... Uh, for this record we just brought all our gear together and just did the dang thing you know but i think in the future we'd be interested in working with some of our friends who not not really like a producer thing but just like oh this friend of ours can get can make these sounds happen like maybe he could help us you know push in a, a yeah, new fun just, direction just having an extra person in the room can just yeah. like change everything sometimes mm-hmm. yeah. yeah definitely george were you already a pretty big fan of the band coming in later yeah i was <laughs> and so. i remember the first time i saw future crib i remember i went up to johnny and was fanboying so hard <laughs> i was like i, I remember I, I went up to him and i was like I, I, we both had really long hair yeah we both had super long hair and uh we uh were i was playing a show with some someone that was also playing a show with future crib and Future Crib played first, and I think this was in 2017, maybe, or 2018. And uh, I remember after the show going up to Johnny be like, dude, that was one of the best sets I've ever seen in Nashville. That was so cool. I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, and then 
now I get to be in the band. <laughs> so. We were fans of George too. So oh, yeah. We took George on um, a tour with us because Noah was like playing drums for on tour with another band. So we brought George on. And I remember like talking to Johnny afterwards. I was like, George is such a good fit. Yeah. We should, we, we got to get him in the band. <laughs> I remember, I think the first time I played at Future Crib was because Noah was in a school play in high school. Yeah. <laughs> and he couldn't, come, he couldn't come to the show. Oh, yeah. From, uh, Wizard of Oz. <laughs> you were the lion? Yeah. That's awesome. Cowardly <laughs> lion. That's my dude. <laughs> Did you all know each other for quite some time before the Future Cribs start started? Did you all kind of know each other from playing in different bands in the in the Nashville scene? Um, Bryce and Johnny and Julia did know each other in high school and stuff growing up. Yeah, we met in middle yeah, school. Yeah, going, but I didn't meet him until I was like seventeen. Yeah. And uh, Noah played in a band with his brother and one of their good friends, and I remember seeing them being like, "Oh my." God, like <laughs> they're so good. We were kind of around each other, yeah, playing in different. Yeah, bands we were and around stuff. each other for at least like a few months before Johnny asked me to play, and yeah. I was like, yeah. <laughs> First time we played with Noah, it was like pure magic, pure, pure distilled magic. We bounced around with so many different drummers because it was kind of hard to find a drummer that like we felt totally that wanted to be in a band and that, didn't yeah. just want to like play for people. Yeah. yeah. But when we found Noah, we were like, oh, my God, this is such a good fit. Yeah, Nashville's like sideman city. Yeah, yeah so everyone's... Especially with drummers, I think. Yeah, there's so many, like, hired guns out there of, like, not really wanting to commit to, like, one yeah. band, which is totally fine. But um, when we found Noah and, like, he was someone who, like, really wanted to, like, be in the band, it just felt really good and magical. Yeah, I don't, I don't know too many people from nashville i've met a lot of people that have moved there and i've had a couple people over the years that are like on the the podcast from there but uh growing up in that area was it just hard to not be infected by the music culture yeah <laughs> i think it was yeah, for definitely. me yeah especially you. yeah i, I um uh, i grew up playing in a lot of cover bands in my high school band we like played a bunch of like um, just kind of like bougie, like places, <laughs> <laughs> doing like really long cover sets and stuff, and and uh, we had so much fun. And then and then I lived in like a a town that was like twenty minutes from Nashville. So when I was like sixteen, seventeen, I started driving up to Nashville with my friends to like go to house shows and all that kind of stuff. And that just like changed the entire game and i was like whoa there's like all of these really cool people just like hanging out in a basement and like dancing to music and uh i was like i just want like more of this <laughs> so bad <laughs> and so i just started going to a lot of shows and that's how i met all these guys and it's probably how all these guys met a lot of their friends and it's pretty awesome it's a really special thing i think nashville has a really cool kind of uh underground close-knit community that's more than just fans and everyone likes each other a lot and it's morphed and changed and so, so different. yeah taking new shapes but i think we we're pretty lucky to have grown up there and lived there and become a band there and cut our teeth and uh, i think that like touring in other cities especially when we were younger just noticing like oh man like we've got a lot of really healthy competition like 
um, just bands that inspire you to be better and try new things and vice versa. Yeah. You know, it, it was, it's fun. Like, cause everybody played so often. So something that we tried to do in college was like, okay, we're playing three shows this week. We'll do like a punk set, a folk set, and then like a dance set. Yeah. <laughs> so it'll be a little different every time. For sure. You're just pushing your, your limitations. And, yeah. uh, I would imagine that you are also like really inspired by one another, the way you all talk about kind of being fans of, each other's songwriting so i would imagine that that's pretty helpful in having this healthy fuel for the fire of wanting to just keep raising the bar and keep bringing these yeah. these next level songs and most definitely yeah it definitely feels like every week there's like five new pieces of gear that the band is acquired <laughs> and like it's very inspiring because uh these guys are real smart <laughs> It's yeah. cool. We're all a little, a little different in terms of like our influences and and what we bring to the table too. So it's it's always, you know, something new. So we and we definitely inspire each other a lot. So yeah, I would imagine those different influences together like come together to make what the future crib sound is. You know, True. can't really uh, pin it down and as any specific band that I dig that that sounds like it. It's just. Uh, you know, <laughs> collection of those things. And then, um, yeah, as far as the tunes that are coming out now or the ones that you're working on now, is it is it something where you're kind of producing them um, like in the studio or in the box, so to speak, through software and then getting in the room and, and figuring out how to play them? Or are you still kind of always starting something on keys and, and guitar and, and jamming it out in the room? For this last record, we um, we've been playing the songs live a lot already, and just kind of working them, figuring them out uh, in like rehearsals and stuff like that. And then once we got into the studio, we kind of already knew the structure for everything, and not a lot changed a little bit. But um, we uh, we we did all the mixing and stuff ourselves. Um, Johnny and Bryce and George are like really good at that stuff <laughs> and um yeah it it was uh it, it kind of just we we knew what we were doing going in for these songs uh and and spent a good amount of time just kind of hanging out afterwards adding little parts and stuff like that you know and, and getting them all to sound how how we wanted to i don't i, I mean i think we're all really open as far as uh our like methods go with recording and stuff like that like we'd always be down to try something new or at least I feel like that and I think most of the band does too so every album that we've made has felt really different for sure and and like a kind of like writing a book or something you know like different plot and I think that's kind of how each album will continue to be like we uh we really like uh exploring new ground I guess in in terms of you know how we create and so yeah yeah so like Bryce, Johnny, and George, will you all be working on mixes of the same tracks, or will you kind of take different different tracks to work on and then kind of mix by committee? Or how does that situation work with so many people participating on on that end of the engineering and mixing? On full for full time smile, we we kind of mixed it. Our original plan was going to be to all be together in Nashville and mix it together but it, since it was still during covid we were like still feeling a little uncomfy about that so 
we ended up them four, I believe you four, right? We're all together. And then I, I was in, I was at my, my parents' house in Chicago and we all have our own studio setups and stuff. So I, I worked on some from Chicago and they all worked on some in Nashville and some of them were not totally in the box. Wasn't fluff like on the console and stuff. Yeah. A couple of them, we had a large format console that we used to track the record and mix a couple songs and with when we would mix in nashville we used uh the software called audio movers which is like a high quality wave streaming so george could hear what we were doing oh nice and be like so george could be like here try this and then we could do it and he could hear it you know Uh, but there were a couple that we did straight off the board and a few that we did all together and george did a couple by himself and then we kind of do it by committee like you were saying it was it was a learning experience for us too because we had never all five actively worked on mixing like that and i think for this next record we might try to find someone else that we trust and go a different way because i don't think we had like a really hard time but it definitely was like maybe we should try something different next time you know yeah but we're we're proud of with how it turned out yeah yeah it's a definitely it feels like a a full experience listening to it front to back and that uh those last four tracks the eight nine ten eleven is is my my favorite section of the record i think um i really like the placement of leaves and like what that does for the album and just how it's this like quick dreamy beautiful like fresh like breath of fresh air and then it's like quickly gone and then you know into uh to most likely to die which is uh i think just a cool transition between those songs and setting the vibe for the end of the record for sure i like was really thinking about like the themes of the record when when we were kind of like putting together like the track list and stuff yeah of just like you know the the songs in the very beginning or like earlier parts of the record felt to me like they were you know supposed to be the opening and like there's a big shift that goes on like once you get to the song full-time smile i feel like that starts the shift in the record of like from the old to the new of like this whole record felt like such a big transition for us we were all in you know as we said earlier like a big stage of transition so like in my mind it was like okay everything after full-time smile has to be like the new of where we're going of what we are now the sequencing of a record like this something you all are, are pretty hands-on about uh trying to figure out how things uh shake out there yeah we love uh making mixtapes and i think uh that permeates a lot of how we think about uh putting the songs in order for records because you know you gotta have the the perfect transition when you make a mixtape it's like you're making your own little personal album of songs that you love and uh we definitely like we had a pretty good idea of what it was going to be and switched some around. Um, cause 
I think we like ordered them thematically first, and then when we listened to them down the line, we were like, yeah, kind of. Yeah, it took some liberties with the way that it flowed musically, and it's pretty fun because it's like a instead of like telling a story in a linear narrative fashion, it's it's like cutting up all the little vignettes and mixing them around, and it's a puzzle. Yeah. You know? Yeah, we all like to listen to records as records and like creating. Uh, you know, if someone wants to sit down and listen to our album, we want it to be like a listening experience that um, it's kind of like a, you know, it's an enjoyable journey, I guess. So you have a start and middle and end. Yeah. And you're uh, there for it, you know. I think my, my compliment to that is that, yes, that that experience exists for sure with the, the full-time smile record, but... I think all the songs kind of can exist on their own too. If they were put on like a playlist or, or something like that, you know, they don't, they don't necessarily all need the context of the other songs, which I think is also really great. So cool. Yeah. That Spotify editorial. (laughs) (laughs) All the links will be in the episode notes. So (laughs) add, add future crib to your, uh, all your playlists. It should be on all the things. Um, forever ain't a long time. And we've got, We've still got a lot to do. That song is very great. Um, I feel like that has like a rootsy kind of rock and roll vibe to it that maybe hasn't existed um, in some ways on other records. So I thought that that was like a really sweet track. Thank you, man. Yeah, that song was one that I just like got home really late and sat on uh, like under our carport with my electric guitar. And it just happened in like a minute. I was like, where did that come? (laughs) <laughs> and uh yeah i've never really that one's always been pretty simple and this felt really good never really felt the need to push that one any further than and it, i think that was the only one on the record that we did no overdubs where like that whole that song is all right off the floor yeah i wonder if that's why it also has that that vibe too or just so, like you know getting everything live just one one take kind of thing definitely seems to to come through on the record other and is there is there uh just like a lot of common threads between you all and what you enjoy doing outside of playing music oh uh on this tour we've been doing a lot of camping mostly camping like we i think we've we've only stayed at people's houses like three times and then other than that we've camped every night and me and noah they were they had to fly to atlanta for another show with our friend 
and me and Noah were camping outside of Boulder on like the edge of this cliff in this canyon uh, and we were hammock camping. It was awesome. They were sending us pictures. We were getting so jealous. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> yeah, we also really like uh, riding bikes and Noah, Bryce and I did a bike trip from Nashville to Chattanooga one weekend. My brother followed us and we did some camping. Probably do one of those again sometime soon. Yeah, we watch yeah. a lot of Harry Potter together. Yeah, we've been <laughs> binging uh, Harry Potter in the van. Every week. We like to do uh, dinners together a lot. We yeah. uh, we all like cooking in our own ways and and themes. So we like to theme our dinners and get together and eat. Like a James Bond <laughs> night. Hobo <laughs> night. Yeah. You feel like the, the hang is just as important as making the music together sure. just kind of sure. creating that environment I feel like the hang, Noah, like, where you want to share yeah i think the hang like turns the music into something else you know like we spend a lot of time together and i think it it affects how we create together i totally agree because i i live in chattanooga okay most like most of the time um i just drive back and forth to nashville and for for like a minute there i was like coming back and forth just for shows and then it really hit me. I was like, oh, my God, I'm missing the hang. I'm only playing the shows. I'm not getting the hang. And like, That's why you didn't get a space station. I know. My you ground you control. Yeah, you were purposefully not given a space station <laughs> because you missed the hang. You got to keep things grounded. But, like, we find that when we're, like, when we're recording the record or, like, when we're on the road, we just, like, want to hang out with each other. We're such, like, lollygaggers in that we just, like want to talk and chill and like just be around each yeah, other it's just like two extra hours to get anywhere <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah we'll like stop for gas and then end up like talking for an hour and then be like wait we have to get gas <laughs> we gotta leave we got another set to play somewhere yeah i think we're all friends first and we like to prioritize our relationships and that um the music part comes naturally out of that too yeah. you know i would imagine that's why it feels so or it comes across so genuine for someone like me when I get to like see it for the first time it just looks like you all are having the best time and this is like the only place you want to be at that moment is like singing songs with each other and playing music so. yeah that's how I feel um, yeah. I know you were cheesing I was oh. <laughs> well I want to play the episode out with uh maybe my favorite track off of uh full-time smile which is most likely to die and uh, definitely seeing it today with the live energy made me fall in love with it even more. So uh, we're going to play the episode out with that. But we end every episode of the podcast with the guests of the show saying the tagline, which is it's a program. So if we could get the the future crib, it's a program. We can properly sail this out. Maybe you can all do Sweet. it together in that, that communal fashion. Countdown. Three, two, one. It's, it's a, a program. program. They nailed it, everybody. Everybody said it correctly, too. Not one person leaned into the program. I, I like it. I appreciate uh, the hang, getting to, getting to know you all a little bit and getting to know where the, the tunes come from. Stoked to uh, see you play in the future and keep up with uh, what you're doing with the, the new music. And I'll definitely put all those links in the episode notes can so people can keep up with what you're doing and uh that's the jelly jams and we will catch you on the flip side portland boise tree fort nashville wherever you all are listening from this is most likely to die off the full-time smile album from future crib 
give a big shout out to Distro Kid for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Can't say thank you enough to Distro Kid for their support of this thing. And make sure you go into the episode notes and find that Distro Kid link to receive 30% off your first year of membership with Distro Kid, making their already affordable prices even cheaper for you. So make sure you take advantage of that. And the link is also in uh, the link in my Instagram bio on the link tree. So you can find it there as well. Big thanks to DistroKid. Stay up, stay tuned.